stay tuned now for Let's Talk About This with Tanya Weiss on 1460 WVOX. Welcome to Let's Talk About This with me, Tanya Weiss. I'm the Executive Director of Cancer Support Team. This program is going to talk about something most of us never want to discuss, cancer. Yes, we are going to bring you the latest information on medical advances and treatments, tips on lowering your risk, and where to find help. And I'm really excited. Today is our first program. So, Memorial Day was just this week, the official launch of the summer season. And I thought it was going to be a great idea to dedicate this month's program to how how to stay safe in the sun. And with me is Dr. Sandeep Saluja. Welcome. Hi, Tanya. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to have you. So you're a Harvard-trained, board-certified dermatologist who's with Hudson Dermatology. That's correct. Yes. So I know we all love being outside, and the sun feels great, and it's shining finally, and we all um, enjoy that. Um, But there is a downside. Um, We do hear a bit about that. Yes, for sure. Meaning outside activities are super fun and they are also healthy for you. Uh, But at the same time, we do need to take precautions uh, while we are outside, especially in the sun. Um, Because the sun has uh, ultraviolet rays, right? That's correct. That's correct. So um, as we all know, sunshine um, uh, carries two types of ultraviolet rays or UV rays. Um, uh, I think a simple way to understand them are UVA rays or the aging rays, um, they are the ones that cause uh, premature aging of your skin, leading to wrinkles and sunspots. Now, the second, which is called the UVB or the burning rays, uh, those are the primary cause of sunburns. So as you can imagine, combination and overexposure of these harmful UVA and UVB rays can lead to two things. Uh, not only um, cause uh, your age, uh, the skin to age, but more importantly, can lead to skin cancers. So we have to be very careful with these. Um, Well, so I've known about this all my life because my mom is blonde and blue eyed and her mother was from Norway. And um, my mom always wore a hat and she's always worn worn sunscreen. And that was a fantastic example for me, because if you ask any of my friends, I am always outside in a hat and I always have multiple. I have various versions of uh, sunscreen with me. (laughs) Um, So but let's talk about that, because there are different kinds of sunscreen and it comes in all different kinds of forms these days and is one equal to the other you know tell us what we're supposed to be doing yes for sure um first i i have to comment that uh you know i wish uh, um every one of us has uh, such had a good role model like your mom uh in terms of sun protection for sure um <clears throat> but when i'm looking at a sunscreen i'm uh, looking at three main things uh number one uh is it broad spectrum or not uh broad spectrum basically means it's blocking both the UVA and UVB rays, so that will protect me from, um, you know, aging and looking, you know, younger and uh, prevent skin cancer. Uh, number two, um, is it water or sweat resistant? And number three, uh, does it have an SPF of at least 30 uh, or above? Now, what does that SPF mean? I've heard it means you have 30 minutes and that you have to reply it after 30 minutes. And a 45 is 45 yeah. minutes. Is that is that how that works? Yeah, uh, basically, uh, you know, I, I like to think it in simple terms. You know, SPF means sun protective factor. Um, all it's telling us is how good is your sunscreen at blocking 
the sun's UVB rays. So, for example, dermatologists recommend SPF 30 uh, because SPF 30 blocks approximately 97% of your UVB uh, rays. Yeah, if you go to a higher number like SPF 50 or 70, you'll get that 98% blockage or 99%, but the incremental increase is not that much. Okay, so it isn't time outside at all. I was completely wrong about that. No, there is a little component of that, but I think that I don't want people to think that a higher, higher sense SPF means that, oh, you can just stay out for longer periods of time. Uh, uh, you know, you still need to be applying sunscreens, you know, ideally every two hours um, or sooner if you are um, swimming or sweating a lot. So, yeah, because they say that sometimes these um, sunscreens are um, able to be used, you know, if even if you're in the water. But when you get out, you really ought to put it on again. Uh, oh, for sure. For sure. I think what they're meaning by, you know, water resistant or sweat resistant in my mind is, you know, um, higher sweat can, you know, technically um, uh, melt the sunscreen away and drip down and cause stinging in your eyes. So the water resistant or sweat resistant uh, have a higher adhesive. So they stay on the screen, uh, skin a lot. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, ideally, uh, once you're coming out of the swimming pool, you should be reapplying your sunscreen. And how about a stick versus a spray versus the cream? <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question. Uh, uh, you know, in my opinion, it's it's a it's a personal choice. Like, what kind of sunscreen do you prefer? Um, you know, so ideally for myself, um, uh, I prefer a tinted uh, sunscreen cream uh, because uh, that blends in nicely with my olive skin tone. However, there are certain parts of my body that I prefer a stick sunscreen, like the back of the hands or around the eyes. Uh, but the key, you know, with the sticks is that you have to apply them back and forth at least four times and rub them thoroughly to actually get the full benefit of that. Because creams are easier to apply, they blend in easy, but the sticks, you have to be careful that you have to, you know, do the four passes at least. And I'm pretty sure that's the same with the spray to make sure you're really getting that spray where it's supposed to go. Yeah. I, I find I often forget the top of my feet. Yep. So, you know... Number one thing, got to apply it, uh, you know, 15 minutes before you're stepping outside. And don't forget the the areas that like you're talking about, uh, you know, top of the feet. Ears are another forgetful areas. Neck. People who are getting bald, unfortunately, you know, need to worry about the top of their um, heads. Uh, lastly, don't forget your lips. You know, now there mm-hmm. are lip balms that have SPF 30 built in. So, it making your life easier. So make sure you don't miss those critical areas as well. So I understand that there's other things. I mean, I'm I'm really um, happy to be talking even about the things that others have heard before because I think we I think knowing how to prevent skin cancer, which is where we're going, is hugely important. Um, I understand there's something called UPF clothing. Yes, uh, the UPF clothing has been out for a while. It's getting more and more popular. So UPF basically. Uh, uh, it means ultraviolet protective factor. All it's telling us is the clothing that you're wearing, um, the fabric in that clothing, how good it is at blocking the harmful UVA and UVB rays of the, the sun. So, for example, UV, uh, UV, UPF 50 uh, clothing uh, has a fabric that blocks approximately 98% of the 
harmful rays of the sun. So only letting 2% um, of those rays touch, you know, get to your skin. So significantly reducing your exposure to these harmful rays. So if you're wearing a regular T-shirt, the sun could penetrate through? That's what you're suggesting? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh, you know, because those are those materials are not made with these uh, uh, special UPF uh, factor in mind. Um, so um, uh, definitely look for clothing, especially uh, in outside kind of warm weather environments, uh, light, um, lightweight, full sleeved UPF uh, um, uh, label uh, uh, shirts or T-shirts. And what I'm hearing is that even if you're wearing that T-shirt, you should be applying that sunscreen underneath it if that clothing doesn't have a UPF. That's right. That's right. So, you know, you're, you want to give your skin as much as protection as possible against the sun. Yes, sunshine is amazing, but you have to also protect it. So the sunscreen, the SPF will help you there. And then but the outside layer, the UPF will also help. So it's like a double barrier against the sun. So I know we've been told um, to try to stay in the shade and to be uh, not outside during the peak hours. I know that that's but that's really hard. I mean, you know, 10 to four <laughs> o'clock. Uh, give me a break. Um, so um, I want to di- direct another question to you regarding um, the skin tone. Um, I've often heard that the lighter the skin tone, the more chance you'd have for getting skin cancer is that accurate yeah meaning that's that trust me i've i've had that conversation with my parents who are same olive skin tone uh, they don't they don't believe in sunscreen because they feel that the skin tone is going to protect them but it's not true um, um uh, uh, you're absolutely right that light skin uh, uh folks uh do have a higher incidence and are more prone to uh skin cancer but all ethnicities and skin tones can get skin cancer. So you do have to protect yourself. You do have to follow those, you know, guidelines of being in the shade, especially between 10 and 2 p.m. when the sun is the strongest. Try to avoid tanning beds. Um, And lastly, you know, I think if you're doing a lot of activities with water or snow, you have to be careful because the sun uh, reflects from the water and snow and can actually increase your um, uh, chances of getting a sunburn. I think it's really important that we underscore what you just said, and that is that everyone, whether they are Latino, uh, black, from India, from the islands, anyone of all different skin types and backgrounds can get skin cancer. I I just I want to make sure that people understand that. Um, I've understood that it is the most commonly diagnosed cancer in the United States. That is absolutely right. Uh, skin cancer is the most common uh, um, uh, cancer that's diagnosed. And, uh, you know, regardless of your gender, age, ethnicity, I just, again, I want to reiterate what you just said, that, you know, uh, it can affect anyone. So um, everyone should be educated. Um, and the earlier they're educated, uh, the better. Uh, because, uh, you, know, um, you know, you know, my kid, uh, I've been talking to him. He's five years old, but I've been talking to him uh, since he was three about sun protection and sunscreen. Um, and uh, I, I didn't think he was registering it, but it was a proud moment just a few days ago during Memorial Day when um, I, I was in a rush to get out of the house. And uh, he kind of stopped by the door and kind of said, Dad, but you haven't put my sunscreen yet. So I just felt a little happy that, you know, it was going going through and he's registering. So the, the younger... 
uh, we can teach and educate our kids that be better for about sun protection. Also, because uh, um, the effects of the sun are sort of cumulative, is that the case? Yeah, so a lot of sun damage that builds up uh, do, happens during your younger years, and that is long-lasting. Um, and that can, you know, definitely, as we talked, can uh, cause your skin to age and also lead to skin cancer. So the earlier prevention, protection, and also um, screening of your uh, and skin exams are key here. Well, so let's talk about skin cancer. I understand there are several types. Why don't we start with basal cell? Okay, so um, yes, there, so generally speaking, skin cancer basically means abnormal um, growth of your skin cells. Uh, there are three major types of skin cancers from the least um, serious to the most serious is uh, least serious is basal cell skin cancer, then comes squamous cell, and then it's melanoma. So basal cell skin cancers is basically uncontrolled growth of your basal cells, and hence the term basal cell skin cancer. And where is this in a particular part of the body or is this anywhere? So, yeah, uh, a lot more common in the sun-exposed areas, in lighter skin type folks, like your um, head, uh, neck, arms. But it can happen for sure. I've seen multiple cases in uh, other areas like the legs, back, even buttocks or genital areas. So you have to, you know, be careful. So my husband had basal cell cancer removed from his nose and it was sort of a one time only. He went in, it was like scraped and he wore a Band-Aid and pretty much that was the end of it. It didn't feel like it was anything all that serious. But why don't you explain if indeed that is all that's involved? Um, and, And then we'll talk about the other types of cancers. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, with basal cells, uh, uh, luckily, if caught early, and I'm uh, I'm glad your uh, husband is doing great uh, after the surgery, um, if caught early, it can be easily and uh, highly treatable skin cancer. Um, so I'm assuming um, you know your your husband had something called Mohs surgery because it's uh, um, it was on his nose. Um, however, basically, there are multiple surgical ways, and all those uh, surgical ways can be done in office under local anesthesia by a dermatologist. Um, so, again, if caught early, it can be taken care of um, uh, just with the surgical treatment. So I want to um, make sure that our listeners know that we are available to answer questions in case they are listening to us on 1460 on our AM dial or on WVOX.com on the Listen Now button. But the call-in number is 914-636-0110. Okay. The next type of skin cancer uh, to talk about is squamous cell. Explain that. Yes, so squamous cell is the squamous cell skin cancer is the second most common type of skin cancer. Again, more common in lighter skin tone people um, uh, than darker skin type, but can definitely happen. Um, you know, this this one looks more like a red firm. A uh, bump or a sore that does not want to heal or a scaly patch again happens on areas that are more sun exposed um, uh, but I've seen cases uh, uh, in areas where are non sun exposed areas as well okay and are those relatively easily treated as well yes so again sur- they can be definitely be surgically treated but these ones can have a tendency if they are advanced and caught at a later stage to um, uh, spread to uh, other organs of the body and that 
can you know decrease your survival rate and also make the treatment much more complex so um that's why having um you know your uh, a questionable spot that doesn't want to heal you definitely want to go to a dermatologist to get that checked so um i'm with an agency called cancer support team and we're a nonprofit that helps anyone who has cancer and lives in the southern part of westchester and we also help their caregivers as well and we've seen quite a few patients of late in the last year or so with melanoma and not only do they have melanoma but they seem to have later stage melanoma so i want to talk about what it is and in my humble opinion i think the later stage is because of covid but we can talk about that in a second so uh, first of all thank you for all you do uh, and all, all your service um so melanoma is definitely um you know the most serious kind of skin cancer it's um basically the uncontrolled um growth of the pigment or the melanin producing skin cells um that's why called melanoma um melanoma can arise um suddenly uh in any part of the body um without warning or it can develop in an existing mole so that's why checking your moles regularly for any uh, drastic changes or symptoms in those moles is very important. Okay, and melanoma I understand can also spread, is that correct? Yes. So again with <clears throat> uh other types of skin cancers, this one in particular, uh the earlier diagnosis, earlier catching them is beneficial because they can be surgically treated and that's all you may need if they're superficial. However, they have a higher chance at an advanced uh melanoma can uh go uh to your uh lymph nodes and even to other internal organs which can definitely be fatal so definitely want to catch them early and i understand that the statistics are that um non non hispanic black people um have lower rates of melanoma but that their survival rate is also lower that sounds kind of counterintuitive Yes, it is. Uh but as we talked about, right? Like so again reiterating skin cancer can affect anyone regardless of their skin color. So the incidence of skin cancer and melanoma in non-Hispanic white individuals is, you know, almost, you know, some studies say 30 times higher than non-Hispanic black individuals. However, um uh, skin cancer in these uh, in patients with darker skin tones is often diagnosed at a later stage. um and that can be much more difficult to treat and decrease their survival rate you know there was a, uh, a, some data that said about 16% of melanoma cases in african americans is caught at a stage when it's already spread through their lymph nodes or other internal organs and that just makes the treatment complex and their survival rate lower mm-hmm. so definitely you know and uh, uh, we need to catch it earlier and educate people. Well, I mean, I I am all over um education. That's really what um one of the main things that our agency does is try to help make sure that people understand what um what's going on, what the diagnosis means, what the treatment options are. And also because when they know more, they're able to advocate more for themselves. That's something that we feel is critical. 
Um, I also think that there's no question, but uh, it, it feels to me like social determinants of health are very real, especially when it's talking about access to the doctor or going to the doctor, insurance, the time off, et cetera, uh, from work. Uh, I, I really where where should someone go if they're if they don't have a dermatologist, they want to find someone, but, you know, insurance, et cetera, may be an issue for them. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, uh, you know, uh, access and insurance definitely play a role. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, if someone <coughs> uh, uh, has a questionable spot, a spot that's uh, changing or it's, it's symptomatic, you know, finding a, a dermatologist um, uh, is, is, is key so that they can kind of, um, you know, diagnose it at an earlier stage. Um, uh, you know, we uh, in our we have seven locations um, at here at Hudson Dermatology. So me and my colleagues here at uh, Hudson Dermatology would be more than happy to see you uh, and, um, you know, um, do skin cancer screenings and uh, uh, checks. And when you say looking at a suspicious mole. So I was at an event recently and a wonderful nurse said to the audience, the participants that looking at your body yourself was one of the keys to being able to stay healthy to really like looking and seeing it looking at for women looking at their breasts i imagine that's important for men as well but in this case we're talking about looking at moles and it's one thing to have a mole it's another thing if the mole is changing or growing can you talk a little bit about what it is that we're supposed to be looking for Yes. So, you know, uh, performing a self skin exam, um, you know, the best way to do that is, you know, standing in front of a, uh, a full mirror um, and then kind of looking at uh, your moles um, and kind of just a simple concept would be, you know, if one mole in particular looks different from every other mole, which we call uh, ugly duckling sign, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, a mole that you definitely want to look at because it's different than the rest of your moles or a mole that has drastically evolved. Um, that's the ABCDE part of it, the evol- evolution of it, that it's grown in drastically in size or has symptomatically changed. So you're looking at that. But don't forget, again, your underarms in between your toes, under your fingernails. And I think that's another one of the reasons that uh, uh, darker skin types, because one of the more common skin, uh, melanomas, acro uh, melanomas, uh, happen in uh, African American skin types. So, and that is basically happening at their fingertips or underneath their nails. So, mm. that that's also why it may be um, diagnosed at a later stage. Well, and um, another place for us to go to is the American Cancer Society website, right? That's cancer.org forward slash sun safety yes for sure meaning they have i think great information so uh, if you uh, need any further information on skin cancer sun protection uh, sun safety i think that's a great uh, uh, place to go cancer.org slash sun safety well um i very much appreciate your time here which which of the offices do you work out of I work out of our uh, Fishkill office and our newly uh, built uh, Cornwall, uh, New York office. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's terrific. So, what I have one last question because I heard you say A, B, C, D, E, and I didn't get to the A, B, C, D. So, the A, A B, C, D. So, uh, you know, asymmetry. Uh, is the A, B, uh, which is basically, you know, if you, it, you know, to think it simply, if you 
cut your mole in half in your mind, obviously. Um, if the left and the right side of that mole, um, they don't match. You know, they don't have to be twins, but at least they should be siblings. If they're drastically different, the left side is super um, uh, light brown, but the right side is super dark black. That's asymmetry in the mole. Um, B is border meaning uneven border, you know, the half of the side is flat, but then the other half is raised. That's your uneven border. C is, you know, like we talked about the color, asymmetry in that color, like two, three different tones of that color. And D, um, you know, uh, we used to talk about a six millimeter mole, you know, should be definitely be looked at. Yes, that should be, but there are a lot of people have moles that are more than six millimeters and they are fine. So, but yeah, definitely looking at a mold that's larger, but I think in my mind, the E is the most important that evolution has the mold transformed. Is the mold changing drastically month to month? That would be the, the most common thing. Okay. Well, we have heard today about skin protection, about enjoying the sun, but not, um, not going out there without our SPF 30. And also to make sure that everyone knows that they need to be careful out there. Thank you so much, Dr. Sanjeev. I real, uh, San, Saluja, Sandeep Saluja. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I uh, got it correctly yeah. this time. No, okay. my pleasure. Thank you for having me again, Tanya. And uh, appreciate it. So join us next month on Let's Talk About This. I'm executive director of Cancer Support Team, and we have lots of programs for cancer patients and their caregivers, all offered at no cost to anyone living in southern Westchester County. I'd love you to contact us if you need us at 914-777-2777 or at cancersupportteam.org. We are also interested in any questions and um, if people want to call in during our monthly program, we are the first Thursday of every month at 2.30 p.m. on 1460 on your AM dial at WVOX.com. So try to tune in again for Let's Talk About This with me. Tanya Weiss, and uh, it's been a great pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Dr. Saluja. Thank you, Tanya. And um, I guess we are um, uh, just about out of time now, so appreciate you being here. Great. Thank you.